0: Hey, welcome to the podcast of The Kelly Katrera Show. It is Wednesday, January 13th. And if you've never listened to the live program on Global News Radio 640 Toronto between 9 and noon, then you might not know that we do open up the phone lines to get your take on certain topics that we touch on. Today, we're going to include one of those segments. Uh, and we're also going to check in with Mark Saltzman at the first ever virtual commercial electronics show and find out some of the pandemic-inspired tech that will be coming our way soon. But
1: first... Effective immediately, Ontario is declaring a state of emergency. We expect this to remain in place for at least 28 days. Further, I'm issuing a stay-at-home order effective Thursday at 12.01 a.m. Under this order, everyone must stay home and only go out for essential trips to pick up groceries, or go to medical appointments.
0: All right, that is our Premier yesterday. also said there'll be no in-class instruction until February 10th at the earliest for Toronto, York, Peel, Hamilton, Windsor-Essex school kids. All businesses must ensure that any employee that can work from home does so. Your outdoor gatherings, forget about inviting over a bunch of people because you're now restricted to five people outside. And if you uh, can't maintain your physical distance outside, they're recommending that you put on a mask. All masks remain mandatory in open businesses and organizations. They say all non-essential retail stores, including hardware stores, you know, your LCBO offering curbside pickup or delivery will still be forced to close by 8 o'clock. And uh, actually, the LCBO is not included, I think. I think I misspoke there. It's alcohol retailers. I just assume because we're so, uh, you know, so much of a monopoly here in Ontario that we don't have those independent wine stores. But we do. Um, they can't open any earlier than 7 a.m. The limit does not apply to stores That sell food, gas, you know, pharmacy, convenience stores, restaurants providing takeout or delivery. Your hours are not affected by that. And uh, the non-essential construction is further restricted. Now, here to talk about construction, uh, we welcome back to the show, I guess we had on at the very beginning of the pandemic, Phil Gillies, who is the executive director of the Ontario Construction Consortium. Welcome to the show, Phil.
2: Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, thanks for being on again. Um, first of all, let's get everybody back up to speed on who you represent.
2: I represent a number of uh, unionized uh, contractors and the construction unions themselves. So these are people that are mainly working in the subtrades. They're out on the construction sites every day uh, trying to make these projects move forward.
0: Okay, with the announcement yesterday, there seems to be a fair amount of confusion. I know that uh, police uh, chiefs are asking what their role is going to be in enforcement because they're not sure yet. We're going to get the skinny uh, at, I believe, 1 o'clock from the premier, so we'll carry that live. But where construction is concerned, uh, at first blush, we know that one of the, the bullet points is non-essential construction is further restricted. What is your interpretation of what that means?
2: Well, there's a long list of exemptions, so just to be clear, a lot of construction is going to continue uh, through this next phase of the lockdown. So what we have from uh, the government indicates that projects associated with healthcare, long-term care facilities, so work that's ongoing at hospitals and so on, that can continue. Work that's going on in schools and community colleges. That can continue. Work that's been uh, commissioned by the Crown, government projects. Uh, so that's a lot of transit projects and so on. That goes on. Um, and it's kind of complicated with a lot of deadlines spoken to and so on, but a lot of residential construction is going to go on too. I, at this point, there's, there is some confusion, and uh, a lot of contractors are scratching their heads right now, wondering uh, whether their project does continue after midnight tonight or not. Hopefully we'll get a lot more information uh, from uh, the Ministry of Labour today that will make that a lot clearer.
0: Yeah, now, so you're I, talking I, about I, contractors in charge of renovations, home renovations, because there's a lot of people during the pandemic that went, well, you know what, uh, let's fix her up because we're not going away.
2: Yeah, uh, well, that's on the long list of uh, exemptions that I'm looking at. Projects. Uh, projects, if you're renovating your home, Uh, and the project was commenced before January the 12th, you can continue. So that's one example. But where it gets gets confusing, Kelly, is if you have two buildings going up side by side here in Toronto or anywhere else in the province, and, and one is a condominium building and the other is an office building, as of midnight tonight, the work on the condominium, condominium building can continue, but the work on the office building cannot. And the working conditions could be exactly the same on both projects, the same precautions being taken in terms of, you know, PPE and physical spacing and all of these things. Uh, but but one type of project is captured by the lockdown and the other isn't. To, mm. Now to be very clear, our number one concern is the health and safety of the construction workers. The, uh, the tradespeople, the apprentices, the people out on the job sites—they have to be safe. They have to be working in safe conditions, and that has to take precedence over any deadline or scheduling considerations or any profit motive. And uh, and we have said that consistently since the beginning of the uh, of the pandemic back in March.
0: I remember because last time we spoke, March 25th to be exact, it was the start of the first lockdown construction was deemed to be essential and the people you represent you were telling us were frightened uh for their health and safety they were calling for a two-week shutdown uh because there was lack of physical distancing at sites uh, proper ppe wasn't available how have things changed at job sites since this pandemic started whether it's uh, residential or commercial in your opinion
2: well the industry and and the construction unions really stepped up uh measures were put in place very quickly very effectively so on a construction site, you have to have a source of, of 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 clean running water. You have to be able to space on the job site, particularly in a high-rise project, the space the use of the construction elevator is a big consideration. PPE has to be available, all of these things. And I think one of the reasons we're seeing so many construction projects being allowed to carry on now is because we've had such an extraordinary success since March, if you take a snapshot of 10,000 uh, COVID cases in Ontario, which was done recently, if you look at 10,000 cases, you'll find that fewer than 100 of them uh, few, uh, originated on construction sites. So compared to a lot of sectors in the economy, the construction industry is operating in, in a safe, responsible manner. Uh, and I think that's reflected in, in the new rules that we're seeing today. But this is not the time to let our guard down. This is not the time to, for people to relax or, or, uh, or you know, start to cut corners when it comes to health and safety. It has to continue. With the COVID numbers being what they are, it's more critical now than, than ever since, since this thing started back in the spring.
0: Do you have any have you got any wind of people job uh, on the job sites, mask shaming people that are wearing masks? Because yesterday we had a caller uh, who had uh, you know, he was uh, driving a truck and doing deliveries, I guess, to construction sites. Call into the program. He was really concerned about some of the job sites he goes to. He says the guys aren't wearing masks and uh, there's kind of a macho uh, feeling on the job site that if you wear a mask, You're kind of a wimp. So they're teasing people. And then, you know, there's a lot of shame around wearing a mask. You hearing anything like that, Phil?
2: Not to any extent, Kelly. I I mean, listen, most most of the people working on these job sites are are very concerned. They're concerned about their own health and they're concerned about the health of their families when they go home at five o'clock. So everyone knows it's in their best interest to uh, to maintain the proper uh, physical spacing, masks, all of this sort of thing. It's worth pointing out, though, that the costs associated with this are considerable, and they are being borne by the, the, the contractors who work at the subtrade level. So give an example, on, on a typical eight hour shift, about an hour is being lost to productivity for every person working on the site uh, because of all the extra measures that have to be taken. And the cost of PPE, all of these things, these are being borne by the sub-trades. Uh, the, the developers are not, are not renegotiating their contracts and saying, oh, we recognize you have extra costs, so we're going to renegotiate. Hmm. It, these are all being borne by the trades, and it's, it's a big burden. It's going to be a big economic issue going forward as we see some of these uh, contracting firms struggling to stay alive.
0: It's funny because the developers are the ones with all the cash.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, kinda. Of. <laughs> and uh and and I I think this really has to be looked at because the Ontario Construction Secretariat did uh, a survey of members recently and they found there's a, a significant number of uh of construction firms that might have to uh, shut their doors before this thing is over. The uh the you know, the the costs that have been borne by the sub are considerable and in some cases absolutely crippling.
0: I want to talk to you about something the premier had said back at the the first wave. He said, "If you feel unsafe, you can drop your tools and go home." Uh, workers, though, said it's well, just unrealistic because I still fear for my job. You know, uh, Ford is not bringing in paid sick days. Is this something that your members are thinking is missing in this uh, in this recent uh, round of of lockdowns, restrictions, and uh, you know, help for people dealing with the pandemic?
2: Well, it's something that should be looked at, and and we want every possible uh, route of assistance available for the workers. But everybody who works on a construction site knows, or they should know, that they have the right to refuse unsafe work. It's right there in in Section 43 of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. If you feel that you're being required to work under unsafe conditions, you can refuse to do so. And you raise your concerns with your supervisor, with the Joint Health and Safety Committee or the Health and Safety Representative. Our experience thus far has been that the Ministry of Labour's uh, inspectors, the people out in the field, are very supportive. Uh, I'm not aware to any extent of people losing their jobs because they have raised safety concerns. And boy, if, if that were the case, I know for a fact that the, uh, the construction unions, whether it's the... Uh, the, the carpenters or the painters or or whoever else, they would stand by their workers 100% in a situation like that.
0: All right, Phil, I want to thank you for your time once again, and we'll uh, look forward to the the province, um, I guess, clarifying what they mean for uh, some construction sites and if they're going to go ahead and be allowed to operate during this uh, this recent state of emergency and stay-at-home order. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Kelly.
0: Have a great day. That's Phil Gillies. He's the Executive Director of the Ontario Construction Consortium. I want to bring this up with you. I know we have a lot of people working in the construction field, whether you're driving, uh, maybe you're taking a break in the truck. I appreciate, as always, you tuning into the program. It's good to have you along, but I want to jump off something that Phil said, and I... Uh, I I would reach out to you in the construction industry to get your take on this. Do you feel comfortable walking off the job if you have pandemic safety concerns? Do you feel like your employer has your back, that the labor board has your back, that you won't be, um, this won't be held against you moving forward in the future when people are looking for uh, teams to work on projects? Let's Let's uh, take a little pulse and see how safe you feel in, you know, the construction industry right now. Phil was telling us that there were workers that, you know, were saying that they were concerned about lack of physical distancing at sites and proper PPE. And the premier had said, if you feel unsafe, drop your tools and go home. And I wondered if people, if things had improved. And Phil seems to think, yeah, uh, workers feel pretty confident. So I'm asking you. Uh, the 640 Toronto listener who works in the construction biz, do you feel comfortable walking off the job if you have a pandemic safety concern? Do you feel like, you know, your employer, your uh, union has your back or are you putting your job at risk, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. I'm the same guy
3: that called in yesterday. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, so I give it to him. There are more people wearing masks than March. I was sick in March, March 23rd. Violently sick, could not breathe. I went to the hospital, and I couldn't get a test. They had run out of tests. Mm -hmm. I I got medication phoned in by my doctor. I I ended up being fine. I stayed off work. My girlfriend was sick. She was sick, coughing 32 days back in March. I still get teased. I was off for months because nobody called me. Everyone thought I was lying, faking it. Nobody believes me. My bosses, the builders are in cahoots contractors there's you know i wish i could talk to that guy there's a thing in the union they're supposed to get paid overtime bank those hours you want to work they bank those hours and then on a day where it rains and they don't work they're allowed to take those hours because if the union finds out the company has to go back but nobody speaks up just like the masks thing because they're all afraid of
0: losing their job. Okay, so since so, so since you uh, walked off the job because you felt unsafe, you you say that you're still being teased on the job. You felt sick.
3: Still, I, I told everybody, I watched this from January last year in Wuhan. I was watching everything. I read a book a week. I read every day, and everyone told me all of this was fake, all the conspiracy. Still, yeah. nobody will admit that I was maybe
0: partially right. Well, hey, you know what? You might have had COVID. You don't know. You didn't have a test. I'm going to leave it at that, Mike, because I think you're taking us down some interesting uh, corridors that we just don't have any time for. I want to stay on the path that we were on, and that is, John, do you feel safe when you get to the work site? Do you feel like if if you're unsafe, you can drop your tools, as the Premier said, and go home?
4: Hi, how are you? I'm good. John, thoughts on that? So prior to COVID-19, if you drop your tools because of unsafe conditions, You know, you did it once, you did it twice. The next week, you got laid off. You know, you got to be a team player. Now, during COVID, yeah, it's gotten a little bit better, but walking off an unsafe job site just doesn't happen. And let me tell you, there's a lot of builders out there, very reputable builders, that uh, their job sites are horrendous.
0: Okay, so give us an idea of what you're seeing in a job site, John, that is horrendous in your opinion.
4: Just no guardrails, you know, uh, housekeeping, uh, too many trades in the house. You know, during COVID-19, when it first started in March and April, they said, "Okay, one trade per house. You've got your day. Go do your thing. See you later. But now up until now, it's gotten, you know, now there's three, four trades in the house. Mm. And again, at the end of the day,
0: is that because people lost time and they want to kind of keep things moving as much as possible?
4: Oh, yeah. If a builder has to close a house, if they've already pushed the homeowners two, three, you know, once, twice, that house has got to get done. All right. You know? Pre- yeah. And again, if you, if you decide that you want to walk off the job site, if you do it once, you do it twice, you will be laid off because of lack of work. For every guy that doesn't want to work, there's always somebody who needs money and will do the stuff that is deemed unsafe. So you can talk, th- you can... The unions won't do anything for you because they really don't care. They just want your dues, and that's it. Go to work.
0: We got wow, you. That's interesting. I appreciate the call, John. Hey, I got to move to Travis in Toronto here. Travis, you're an electrician. Uh, do you feel like if you, if you went to a job site and it was unsafe, you could say uh, I don't, I'm not comfortable here. I'm going home.
5: Uh, hi, uh, hey, Kelly, how's it going?
0: It's going okay.
5: Uh, no, a hundred percent. We have zero rights on the job site. Uh, For whoever was speaking earlier about um, that rep that's representing the contractors in the unit, he's so far from wrong. I'm I'm talking on a job site, maybe 300 guys. We don't even have running water. And if we say anything, we're fired. We then go back to the hall. The hall does nothing for us. They'll put us on a list, and I'll be unemployed for six months, maybe even a year. The rule, the, the regulations So Okay, let me ask it. you
0: this, Travis, because if that's your reality, how important would it be for you if you didn't feel well to have some paid sick days? Like, do you have paid sick days? Or is that something you have access to? We have
5: it, in most construction environments, if we don't show up for work, we're not paid. We're just day laborers at best. It's, it's sad to make that equation, but we do not have it. in Our fear of layoff is so strong, and this goes back to even before uh, COVID. It was anything. You even look at some of these guys the wrong way, you're going to be unemployed immediately. So for Rob Ford and all these guys to say, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I got your back. They're nowhere. We don't see inspectors. We don't see anything. So it's just not a reality. I think last week at one of the hospitals, there was a big walk-off because of the conditions were so bad. Uh, Michael Garrett Hospital, they walked off the job. It was so out of control there.
0: Right. Uh, Travis, I pr- I appreciate you uh, shedding some light on this because, I, I mean, I had gotten calls yesterday about people saying, well, they're not wearing masks on, on sites. Not everybody's wearing a mask. And that's concerning, especially with the COVID numbers going up. You've got this new UK variant, which is far more transmissible. And, you know, people are really worried that uh, this is, n- is going to cripple our health care system. We're already on our way. Uh, Daryl in Newmarket. Yeah,
6: how are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. So you own a rental company. Uh, what are you finding? Well,
1: it's just a slightly different take. When you say about walking off the job, it's more the interaction with the homeowner. So I'm trying to do everything for my guys. They all have different financial situations. They all have different home life situations as far as people at risk in their homes. So try to take care of them, Do follow all the rules, do everything properly, but like the stats show a lot of people want renovations done. Uh, they're also not following the rules. So it's like, Hey, can't you just come in and, and, do our job? You know, it's, uh, you're an essential service. And when you're talking about them having more people in their house, if they've got kids home from school or whatever the case is, and then I'm supposed to be bringing in, you know, plumbers, electricians, my crew and, they're living upstairs. If we're doing a basement or right. or whatever, like some jobs are okay. If we're outside <clears throat> building a garage, for example, we're distanced. We're not interacting with the homeowners. But some of the jobs and some of the work that people are looking to have done now, it's
0: okay. So no let me ask you this, Daryl:
1: I'm, yeah. I'm
0: trying to figure out like where you're coming from. Are you saying you know, as uh, you know, an owner of a renovation company? you're now uh you can't walk off the job if you feel unsafe because it's actually somebody's home that you're going into and they're not going to understand that they are making the environment unsafe for your guys because they're not masking up they're not uh you know providing a a safe job site
1: well some of them are i guess what i'm saying is that it's more confusion about the the lack of direction or what really applies i get it there's There's job sites that, you know, there's guys that can be in an excavator and a skid steer and can keep distanced. And why not? Let them keep working. Right. But if if I have to take a number of guys into somebody's home where Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be safe and sequestered and and doing their own thing, then, you know, I I have to make the call to walk off the job for me and my guys because the the desire and the demand is there. Oh, I know. Tell me about
0: it. Tell me about um, it. My uh, yeah. my renovation is now on hold oh, for a couple there of you years. Go. Hey, yeah. listen, I'm okay with waiting because uh, I live with a handyman who's ripping apart my bathroom for me right now. It'll just take a long time. Thank you, husband. Hey, Greg, very quickly, I'm going to let you wrap this up. Uh, what are you seeing as far as safety on the construction sites? Because you're a supervisor for a big company
4: uh we are trying to do everything we can i mean it varies site to site but we have brought in extra washrooms we are building extra lunch rooms for them and we've told the men take your lunches in your car we don't allow them to gather we've mandated masks i mean at some point people just got to be responsible for their own how well-being. do you enforce
0: that getting guys that work for you not to gather well it's uh it's a challenge but i mean most
4: people are on board they they understand that the threat is very real and um They want to keep working, and that's how we motivate them. If you want to keep working, we need to take these measures, and uh, God willing, we keep working. All right.
0: It's day three of the 2021 Consumer Electronics Show. It's the first time it has gone uh, virtual in its 54 years. And on Monday, we talked about Lenovo's possible game-changing virtual reality smart glasses. They sound pretty cool. Uh, Now we're going to be joined by our friend and tech expert, Mark Saltzman, to talk about the other offerings. Mark, welcome to the show.
6: Hey, thanks, Kelly. Great to chat with you, as always.
0: It's always good to have you on. Now, Mark, necessity is the mother of invention. So I want to talk about some of the tech products that were inspired by the pandemic.
6: Sure. Yeah. So some of the products that we saw debut this week have been in development for a few years. And it just so happens that they're tied to touchless tech and hands-free this and hygiene and all that. But in other cases, the company saw what was happening uh, about a year ago or a little bit less than that, and were able to turn around prototypes and other kinds of products this year. So no surprise, we've seen a lot of these sort of hands-free solutions tied to the pandemic, as well as some other trends, which uh, no doubt we'll get to. Um, A couple of standouts for me, one was a a Canadian product called Clean Phone from a company called Glissner. They're in the Toronto area. And this kind of looks like a high tech toaster and it's designed more for businesses. But the idea is that you drop your smartphone in at the top, it descends into the device and then uses ultraviolet light or UVC to uh, kill 99.9% of the germs and bacteria that may live on your phone's surface or on the, on the case as well. And it does it in 20 seconds. Uh, again, it's uh, using, it's like phone sanitization, but using technology to do it. And I can imagine this in like the hospitality industry and you know, I can see like a doctor's office, you place it in, or it's just for convenience for consumers, but it, it looks really cool. Um, but again, it's not for home use, it, it is more of a business product and that's called Clean Phone. Also, uh, hands-free kitchen faucets from Moen. I don't know if you've seen these You Buy Moen faucets, they unveiled some new ones yesterday. Yeah. But the idea is that you can wave your hand over the top Uh, there's a sensor just like in a public washroom, but it's in your kitchen and you can also use your voice or an app to, uh, start the flow of water. And if you have a smart speaker, like a a Google, uh, you know, Nest, uh, or a, a, Amazon, um, Echo, you can use your voice to not only ask for a specific amount of water, but also you can also, uh, ask for a desired temperature. So imagine putting like a pot of water underneath the faucet and saying, you know, uh, moan give me two cups of hot water uh, if you want to make uh, the family dinner. But that's that is really high tech. Yeah, um, that's and that's also coming. Yeah,
0: I have always wondered about that because I've thought to myself, you know, when you're planning a, a kitchen renovation, it might be a neat idea because how many times have you had to clean off the handle because you're, you're, you're baking or you're cooking, you got something on your hands, you just want to wash them. Right. Uh, and you're touching the handle. So you're making the handle dirty. And then you've got to wash the I don't want to wash the faucet after I wash my hands. Yeah, that's and a good point. Pandemic, Especially if you're
6: touching something like chicken or whatever. Right. Right. Um, oh, God. So, okay, you know, yeah, what? So this You just, yeah,
0: you just hit right? on like that is my uh, Achilles heel raw chicken. Yeah,
6: Ugh. I hear you so that that is available now by the way but they unveiled some new styles and stuff That's like cool. that it's about 650 canadian um and that smart speaker part like the, to use your voice again you do need a smart speaker but cool nonetheless and one other sort of hygiene uh, product that also debuted yesterday and it won a 2021 ces uh innovation award uh honoree nod was the philips uh, 9900 prestige sonicare electric toothbrush now this is the first toothbrush from that from philips that will automatically adjust uh, on the fly based on how you're brushing. So if it detects, for example, that you're applying too much pressure, which is a big no-no with electric toothbrushes, um, it will automatically reduce the intensity for you. So it's got like artificial intelligence, uh, which is pretty wild. And it works with an app that, uh, and powered by AI, will okay. know where you're brushing and where you're not.
0: It'll actually show you- Oh my gosh, you, I need that. I, yeah, yeah, I have a diamond sh- care, and I will yeah. say this, if you're, if you're a, a possible- uh, you're looking for an electric toothbrush. Sonicare has amazing customer service. And they're oh, cool. yeah, their toothbrushes are incredible. But I have a Diamond Care and that is, um, you know, uh, since I started using it, dental hygienists have been like, wow, you do, you do a great job, you know, yeah. with your, your hygiene. However, somebody mentioned, yeah, you're missing the top left. <laughs> like exactly. you're not on it enough. So that AI could come in handy because I can't be the yeah. only one
6: no for sure so this will tell you now it'll show you actually on the app if you've got it open if you don't when you synchronize it later like it'll all be caught up to date but it'll show you where you're missing uh or where you're brushing well and and also by the way just before we move on um with with diamond care and i think uh some of the other products you have to change the brush heads based on what kind of a brush you want like gum care or plaque removal or teeth whitening uh now with this new one that's coming out this spring the 9900 prestige it'll actually just it's just one brush head and it'll it'll Mm -hmm. it'll be able to do it all without you having to swap it out do
0: we have a uh price tag on that
6: not yet no, okay. not yet. Um, you know, like all products uh, that are new, there's usually a premium on it. And then it sort of uh, reduces over time, like any technology. Uh, so, yeah, no, no word yet on on when it's coming out or for how much. But I think it's the spring. Mm-hmm. OK,
0: before, because I want to stay on pandemic stuff as much as possible or these touchless yeah. things or interesting things that we can use. Can I just throw a lava a curveball at you here? Sure. I, yeah. Last night I was looking around mm-hmm. online and I saw that Razor debuted what they're calling Project Hazel. Have you seen these masks at... At the show? So,
6: I've, I've seen a couple of masks, but not that one. I've seen ones that can detect the air quality around you and mm-hmm. uh, tell you on an app or a smartwatch um, if um, it's detecting anything suspicious, but not this particular model. I've seen some high tech masks and also a little sort of a loony shaped uh, sticky device uh, that you can put on your skin. It's a wearable de- device that also tells you if you've got COVID symptoms. Come on. But uh, t- maybe you can tell me now, I want you to be the techie kelly and tell okay. me about this mask that you read i'll about. tell you
0: a little bit about <laughs> it there's no word on the pricing of this mask but it does uh-huh. have uh, a- an intake an air intake uh filter on it yep. and uh so it's got the filters on the side uh, much like an n95 rest- respirator but yep. along with that it actually amplifies your voice it has a microphone inside so it amplifies your voice and the area around your mouth is clear And so it'll listen to your voice and then intelligently reproduce it through two speakers at the side. So um, you don't have to worry if you're a teacher at the front of a class or if you're trying to communicate, it'll amplify. How cool is that? Like no more yelling through your mask. Uh,
6: And uh, I guess my only concern would be like, how do you wash that thing? If I it's have got no speakers idea. speakers built in. Look, I'm not the
0: tech <laughs> expert. I like the expert. idea in
6: theory, but that's what CES is all about. Like it, these yeah. products may not come to fruition exactly as they are debuting this week. It's just, just to show uh, what they're working on. And in some cases, by the time it debuts, uh, if it ever comes out at all, by the way, uh, it may be very different when they start to work through all the logistics and the pricing and, you know, the supply chain stuff. It's not as sexy, but it's 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 really important when they launch these things. But that sounds really neat. Yeah.
0: So Mark... If I could uh, ask you to give me, uh, you know, a final item that you saw that you're pretty excited about at the tech show, it doesn't have to be related to the pandemic.
6: Yeah, I would say that uh, GM unveiled, uh, so their their CEO, Mary Barra, gave the kickoff keynote address yesterday. So they are envisioning very much an electrified future uh, where you know it's obviously better on the environment and less relying on you know fossil fuels and all that. So no surprise there. I think they're looking at like 50 different vehicles uh, uh, that are coming out, cars and trucks that are all going to be electric uh, EVs. Um, but what, what they announced was something called Bright Drop. And this is very much tied to the pandemic because we're all shopping online. And uh, this is uh, meant to speed up deliveries and make it a cleaner and quieter future as well. It's a fleet of, uh, well, it's, 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 Vehicles, but it's also software and services that are all working together to improve delivery the the experience right from the warehouse all the way to your front step. There's different like electric pallets that are carrying packages as well as electric vehicles that can drive long distances. They announced a partnership with FedEx uh, Express yesterday, so I think that's kind of neat um, because we are obviously re- relying a lot more on online shopping and e-commerce, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Even when we get back to some sort of normalcy, it's going to be a balance uh, between. And this is this was a big deal for GM. Um, And they really put technology first and foremost in their in their work. So I'm excited to see what comes out. So that's called Bright Drop.
0: Mark, before I let you go, any um, indication on the date when the robots officially take over the world?
6: (laughs) <laughs> well, if we go back to Terminator 2, what was the date? <laughs> and we've already maybe have passed it. No, no. I mean, there are some cute robots, but even yep. ones that will even bring you a glass of wine. So I don't think they're bent on destruction just yet. I don't know if you saw that. It's called uh, HandyBot from Samsung. It'll pick up your laundry for you off the floor, load your dishwasher, and pour you and bring you a glass of wine. That's uh, something I can look forward to.
0: <laughs> That's a trifecta of goodness. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate your time.
6: My pleasure, Kelly. Be well. Cheers.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. Always a pleasure having you along. And don't forget to subscribe. And we'll be waiting for you daily. Have a great one. Bye.